You know, I'm just reminded of some things and um, just the way the Lord uses me, I just want to say this. You know, a lot of times in modern church today, uh, nobody wants to talk about tongues and money. Uh, we, we're going to talk about tongues in a little bit, but uh, I want to talk to you just a little bit because maybe you're, you uh, have bought into, maybe you're new, and it really is important. It seemed like I can't get past what I need to until I say this, but people say, well, today people don't like to come to a church that talks about money. Well, number one, they're not going to like our church because they don't like the Bible. No, Pastor Mark, you don't have to talk about it all the time. Well, you know what a shame is? Jesus came to preach. He said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me and the anointing's on me. And one of the first things he said was the anointing was to preach good news to the poor. Well, Pastor, we live in the United States. We're not poor. It looks like you're trying to take money. No, we're trying to get the spiritual truths to them so that they can increase more and more and they can be a greater blessing. Do not buy into the lie that we shouldn't be talking about finances in church. If God talks about it, we need to talk about it. And I've watched people that I love, honor, and respect quit doing it. And it seems there's a correlation. Their finances also seem to, seem to go down for the ministry and for the people. Do you think it's the word of God that brings faith? Does God's word bring faith? Do you need to hear it? It didn't say having heard. And so the deal is this. There's a lot of fight over your finances right now. God wants to bless you, but you don't want to pull back. You want to dig in. Amen. I said, you want to dig in. So I'm just telling you, if you're new or you don't understand it or you got some friends telling you, you know, don't take people where they talk about money. Uh, we're not greedy around here. We're godly. We're not greedy around. Come on. You can look at the flags on the wall. 10% of everything comes in and more and more, I tell you, more goes to the nations of the world so that people can be born again. We always around here have enough to give in to every good work. We're not doing it this year, but uh, just because it didn't seem quite. Uh, but there's year, year upon year, we've given away uh, hundreds of tennis shoes, brands, Nike. We've bought cars for people uh, on foreign field. We bless people. We are blessed to be a blessing. I'm just going to tell you one more time. Don't let anybody lie to you. Don't pull back. Amen. The word works. Amen. Not talking about money is religious. I'm going to hit you in the face with that one. Not talking about money is religious. You have more respect for what an ungodly person says or a nominal person who doesn't know the Holy Ghost. You have more respect for that than the Word of God. This, the tithe and offering is about respect for an awesome God. Don't let anybody tell you any different. And you cannot serve God in money. And one of the ways so you don't serve money is to talk about it. And let that money, the money will serve you, but only if you serve God. It's not my sermon today, but it rose up. So I'm going to try to help somebody in the room. I pastor supernaturally, and if I hear you talking in your brain, or I, I hear somebody's been talking to you, I'm going to answer it back. Jesus answered the fig tree, and that's what the Lord's taught me to do. It'll help you if you let me answer that in you instead of you just passing it over or listening to a bunch of unbelief and doubt and nonsense. We're talking about the real God versus the religious God. We're talking about the real God versus the religious God. And today I want to do something, but you're going to have to believe fast with me. 
Hey, amen. Uh, I can't get off it. Listen to me. If you got if you got teenagers or young adults that have grown up in this church and now they're even questioning that, then they're listening to the wrong people. And if you let them continue to listen to that, they're going to get away from a lot of stuff. Not just um, the things of the spirit, but they're going to they're going to. If you let him move this way, the devil's never going to be satisfied with that. He's going to move him a little more, and he's going to move him a little more, and he's going to, come on, you need to fight for your children. We need to fight for this generation, and God wants them blessed in every area of their life, and that includes finances, that includes every area, and that's why we're going to keep preaching it till Jesus comes. The real God versus the religious God. The real one. And so today what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about this. The real God, the real God talks to people. The real God talks to people. The reli- How many of you know in the Old Testament, those Old Testament idols were never able to talk to anybody? They, they couldn't answer by fire, and they couldn't carry on a conversation with anybody. And when, remember when the presence of God came in one, that Dagon God thing, remember he fell over, and then he fell over and his head fell off and his, and his hands fell off. Amen. God proving over and over again that he's the only real God. You know, and just like God said about himself, he said, besides me, there is none other. He said it this way, besides me, I know not one. I know not one. See, I don't know another God. I only know the God of the Bible. And you see what's happening in today's culture and in the church. And the Lord spoke to me, and I'm going to tell you really again. Again, and I'm not mad at anybody. I just want cornerstone, and I want the people that I'm in, uh, that, that I have influence over. I want you to get excited about a real God, and I want you to be able to confront those who serve a religious God because they've been hearing. I grew up hearing wrong things. I grew up not knowing him. I was born again at 12, but I didn't know him. I didn't know his character. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know he was good. I didn't know he was a healer. I didn't know he was a provider. I sure didn't know that Jesus was the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. I didn't really understand that he's alive. And I could talk to him and walk with him. You know, the great, one of the greatest things about a living God is you can walk with him. He wants to talk to you every day. And the thing about religious God is when they pray, they don't expect an answer. They pray and they send their prayers. We're not sending our prayers. We're, we're vertically talking to God and God answers our prayers. Are you with me? So we're talking about a real God versus a religious God. And one of the ways of religion is God never talks back. God doesn't carry on a conversation. They sing, he walks with me and he talks with me, but they don't believe it. It's just a song to them. Come on, when we sing our songs, they should mean more than that. And I want to encourage you. Because if you listen to them in the world, they make fun of us because they, we believe that God talks. But you see, all they know is God and his religiosity, but God's not a religious God at all. And he's a, he's a God of relationship. And he's a God that always talks. Now, I'm going to go through these fast, but I'm going to show you from the beginning and from generation to generation, God has always talked to his man and his woman. God has always talked. He's not silent. He's not silent. 
You know, we talked about the real God answers prayers. I gave you some times when the only time God is silent and there was a period when God wasn't talking. It, the reason he didn't talk is because he, 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 he held his tongue. So nothing would happen to them. So when God is silent, that was a blessing for them. But I'm telling you, we've been born again. We've been washed in the blood. Hallelujah. We've been clean. We've been made righteous. And God wants to talk to you. And he wants to talk to you on a regular basis. Are you listening? Are you listening right now? And are you listening to God talk to you? So let's start. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Let's look at Adam. Adam in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. When I say his name, pop it up the scripture. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees. So you know this is after Adam and Eve fell. But I want you to know that God came walking in the garden. And this was a daily thing that he did. He came to visit his man. You remember the angel said, what is a man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you visit him. What, God came because he created man in his likeness and his image? And one of the things God did with his family was he talked to him. He talked to Adam and Eve on a regular basis. Everybody say, God talks. God talks. Amen. And then we got Noah. We got Noah in Genesis 6.13, and God said unto Noah. What does God said unto Noah mean? When you read these, you got to know when God said, God's talking to God's talking to you. What did he say to Noah? The end of flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with the violence through them, and behold, I will destroy it. So here, God's talking to him, and he's been talking to Noah, and he says, okay, Noah, I'm done with all them. This is what we're going to do. In other words, though, God talked to him. God gave personal messages. He spoke to Adam. He spoke to Eve. He spoke to Noah. And then Abraham. Y'all remember God talked to Abraham. God talked to Abraham, Genesis 7, 1. Just when I mention the name, put up the next one. And the Lord said unto Noah, come ye out all the house into the ark. Uh, well, no wonder that one you didn't put that one up because that's not Abraham. Hallelujah. <laughs> Remind me for second service, I'll fix that. Hallelujah. But God talked to Abraham. Remember when he first met him? You know, they, they talked to one another. And I don't have the scripture and I don't got time because I got so much to do. But then remember another time when Abraham talked to, when God talked to Abraham and Sarah, Genesis 18, 9 through 10. It says, and they said unto him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, behold, she's in a tent, right? And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. So you got to see God's right there. He's talking to Abraham and Sarah's in a tent. But before God spoke to Abraham alone and told him what was going to happen. I just want to tell you, God talks. God talks. How, how does faith come? Hearing God talk. Faith comes by hearing God talk. Well, we have the written word, but that came from God talking. If it's just written, you got to understand where it came from. It came from God talking. It's a rhema. It was written down to a logos, and it meant, it's meant to be a rhema again. He said, I will certainly return to the according to the time of life, and Sarah I will have a son. And Sarah did what? Heard it. <laughs> What'd she hear? God talking. What'd she hear? God talking. Before, she only heard what God said to Abraham. But now, she's hearing God talking for herself. Now, she laughed, but then she got it later. Amen. Everybody said, God talks. He's always talked. I said, he's always talked. What about, what about Isaac? Genesis 26, 24. And the Lord appeared unto him in the same night and said, so he's, he appeared, and once he didn't just show up. What'd he do? See, the real God does what? From Adam and Eve. 
Noah, Abraham, Abraham and Sarah. Who's after Abraham? Isaac. Why is it written every generation? I want to talk to you. Every generation, I want to say something to you. Every generation, I want to talk to you. God's not silent today. He's still talking. He's still talking. He's still talking. The Lord appeared to him in the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not, for I am with you. I'll bless you. I'll multiply your seed for my servant Abraham's sake. He told Isaac, the, the promised son, what was going to happen. All right. How about the ne- Abraham, Isaac, who's next? All right. Genesis 28. And 13, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord. What, what he said, he said, everybody say, he said. What is that? I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Sometimes when you read it, you, you, you get this picture uh, of, of this faraway God from a faraway place. But no, he came right down. And I don't know how he did it. I, 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 in the Old Testament, it had to be audible because God didn't live on the inside of them. But he said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. Come on, we always say it like this. And remember the children of Israel when they wanted to get out of trouble. They said, remember your covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why did they have a covenant? Because God talked to them. No, God talked to them. The real God talks. You say, why is this such a big deal, Father, Pastor Mark? We know this. We know this. Yeah, but the rest of the body of Christ may not know this, and the world doesn't know this. Because, see, if God doesn't talk, if God doesn't answer prayer, if God doesn't answer by fire, then he's just some religious figure that some people have put up in the sky, and they don't understand him. But you and I understand him, and we've got to let them know he's still talking today. He's still got some things to say today. And he does it from generation to generation. Where Jacob, I am the Lord your God, the Father, your, I'm, I'm, I'm Abraham's God, I'm your daddy's God, and the land where you lie, I'm going to give it to you and to your seed. Verse 14, and your seed shall be the dust of the earth. And the interesting thing is here, he's telling him the same thing he told Abraham. Even though that was your grandfather, and I know he told you, I know your daddy told you, but I'm going to tell you. And that's the problem with a lot of people today that have grown up in church. Their grandmama told them, their mama or their daddy told them, but God's got to tell him himself. you got to take your children to God. You are not God to them. He cannot be their God if he's only your God, and then he becomes religious to them. you got to bring them to a point of salvation. you got to bring them to a place of getting filled with the Holy Ghost. They need to go to children's church. They need to go to youth on Wednesday night. They need to go to young adults. They need to have a relationship with God for themselves because when they're old, if it was your relationship, they will depart. But you've got a good word on that because you've taught them. They'll have to come back, but don't let them depart. How do you keep them from departing? Keep them, get them in a relationship early. Teach them how to talk to God. And then he told them all that. Okay, so that's Jacob. After Jacob, we're going to skip to Moses. Did God talk to Moses? Exodus 19, 19. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake and God answered. So so God spoke to Moses. It doesn't just God speaking first. Moses talked first here. And God, everybody say God answered. 
and God answered. When you talk to God, he's going to answer. When you talk to God, don't let this be too simple. When you talk to God, he answers. And the Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mountain. And Moses went up, verse 21. And the Lord said, the Lord talked to Moses, go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them will perish. In other words, they can't come in the cloud. And lest the priests also, even the priests which come near the Lord, they better get, get sanctified. Lest, aren't you glad you're sanctified? Lest the Lord break forth upon them. And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come up to the Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, saying, Set bounds in the mount and sanctify it. Verse 24. And the Lord said unto him, Away, get thee down. So he's, he's, he's talking to him and he's giving him instructions. He's talking to him and he's giving him instructions. And so one of the ways when God talks to you, there's instructions. And the reason that a lot of people in the body of Christ wander around and they're more led by circumstances. They're more led by what they see and feel is because they don't talk to God and they don't wait for the answer. God talks. God guides. God leads. But you, he, he, if you've got to understand he, he wants to talk to you. He, everybody say God talks. Well, let's look at something else. How, anybody know anything about Samuel? Samuel, his mama couldn't have any babies. The Lord supernaturally uh, brought Samuel to her, um, and, and, and then she gave him back to the Lord. She ended up having other kids, three boys, two girls after that. But he came at a time when Eli, the priest, um, his sons, uh, they, were, they, were, they, were, um, they were bad children. And the Lord had warned him and warned him. And Eli could never discipline his sons, and so God had to do it. Remember, this is Old Covenant. But Samuel, it says, and the child. Everybody say the child. God talks to children. He did it in the old covenant. Uh, he cares about them in the new covenant. And God can talk to children. God can talk to children. God can talk, through, God can talk to children. And God can talk through children. When 9-11 happened all those years ago, you know, uh, Pastor Rhonda was in her bedroom and she was just talking to the Lord because, you know, it was said that they were going to, uh, Al-Qaeda or whatever was going to, they were going to track Americans all over the planet. When they found one, they were going to kill one. They were going to kill them. And Rhonda, you know, her heart that just really bothered her so much. And she said, Lord, I'm a nice person. Why would anybody ever want to kill me? And at that time, Destiny was still a toddler. And uh, yet, from the very beginning, we've had her, you know, uh, man, when she was born, we, the, uh, as soon as we could, you know, the doctors say, uh, you know, keep them away for, especially, they told us, you got, because you're pastors, you need to keep her away from everybody three to six months. Well, we had an open house the next week. Thank God for doctors, but we don't always listen to them. We listen to what the Lord says. So she's been in church just like Rhonda was, Pastor Rhonda, from the time she was a baby, she was in church. So we got her in the presence of God. And sometimes you just don't think they're listening or paying attention or it's working much on them. But through the monitor, uh, she, I don't know if I'll get it right, but Destiny said, by the Spirit of God, uh, Mommy, um, um, God's going to protect you. Go ahead. Turn the mic on. I tell her stories and she can tell them better. We're talking about God talking. Okay. 
Um, through the monitor, I was just talking to God in my heart. I wasn't even talking out loud. You know, who'd want to hurt us? We travel the world and just, you know, kind of amazed talking to God. And from the from the other room through the monitor, she said, Mom. And I was like, what? Thinking, you know, another drink of water, another story. I said, what do you need, Destiny? I'm yelling, and she's talking through the monitor. And uh, she said, God wants to talk to you. Well, now she had my attention. And I said, really? What's he going to say? <laughs> And she said, Mama, God's going to take care of you. Right in response, right at that moment. Samuel, the child, ministered to the Lord before Eli. He was a child. And there was coming a changing of the guard. And God used a child. I don't have time to read all this, but you read it right through here. God used a child. A child. He spoke to a child. Remember he said, uh, uh, Samuel, kept, the Lord kept talking to him. And he said, here am I. And he went and talked to uh, he went and talked to the priest, and he did that a few times. And the priest got oh, oh, I'm not talking. God must be talking to him. And he said, next time you hear that, say, Lord, here am I. Uh, your servant's listening. Come on, your servant's listening. God's always talking. Are his servants? Are his children? Are we listening? Are we listening? Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? God's got some things to say. And this time, it can't, because the adults were messed up, he had to do it through a child. God can do it. God can do it through a child. And, and, and things begin to change. I mean, you got God talking to David. And I got so many things to tell you. I mean, David. Uh, you can look at 1 Samuel 23, 2 and 4. And, and then 30 and 8. Um, it said, in, in 1 Samuel 23, uh, 2, it says, it talks about how the Lord, uh, the, da the David inquired. And no, so in other words, David starting the conversation. A lot of times God starts the conversation. But here David started the conversation. He inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go? And then in verse 4 he said the same thing, shall I go? And you remember Ziklag. Remember he did the same thing. He inquired of the Lord, shall I go? And the Lord, he asked the Lord a question and the Lord gave him an answer. He, he told him what to do. He told him what not to do. The Lord always talks. And he talks from generation to generation. From generation to generation. He talked to, he talked to Adam. And he talked to Eve. He talked to Noah. He talked to uh, Abraham. He talked to Isaac. He talked to Sarah. He talked to Jacob. Come on. He talked to Joseph. Uh, he, he, talk, he talked to Joseph in a dream. He talked to Moses. He talked to a child named Samuel. He talked to David. He talked to Solomon. Everybody say, God's always talking. Where does he do it? Because even after that, he talked to David, a, a, a man after God's own heart. But then right around there, it wasn't just uh, Solomon didn't go on David's relationship. He had his own. He had his own. And, 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 and the Lord, remember, appeared to him and said, what do you want? What do you want? And he asked the Lord. And remember, the Lord had a conversation with him. Now, this is what I know. I know that he's always doing that. And then I can tell you this, that when Jesus was on the earth, then, um, then things got a little more spectacular. And when God talks, it's not always spectacular. But just real quick, let's go through these. When Jesus was on the earth, Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. Everybody say, God's always talking. Now, because that's the real God. The religious God that most people serve, he doesn't ever talk. They read their Bible, and they just, it's just words to them. But God, how many know when God talks to us today, it always agrees with the Word of God? 
And when I'm talking about talking, I'm not talking about seeking voices. You can go loopy with that. But in the old covenant, God had to give him a voice because he didn't live in them. Hopefully we'll get to it today. But in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized and praying and the heavens was opened. And the Holy Ghost descended in bodily shape like a dove upon him. The voice, a voice, a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son. I, in thee I am well pleased. Everybody say, God always talks. Luke chapter 9, verses 34 and 35. Luke chapter 9, verses 34 and 35. When he thus spake, uh, so remember up on the Mount Transfiguration. When the, he said, there came a cloud. And out of that cloud, God spoke again and overshadowed them. And they feared as they entered into the cloud. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, and this is my beloved son. Hear him. So when God talks, he's confirming things. He was confirming what? Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the son of God. And people heard it. And then in John chapter 12, John chapter 12, they said, uh, Jesus um, um, is praying. And he said, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto thee this hour. Verse 20. So Jesus was going through it. He didn't know if he wanted to go to the cross. He was really struggling. Father, glorify your name. Then there came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. Verse 29. The people, therefore, that stood by, they heard it. Now, God doesn't always talk for heaven where people can hear it, but they're supposed to hear what God says. They're supposed to hear what God said. And it, uh, some says it thundered. Others says an angel spake to him. Uh, some people heard it clearly. Some people thought it was thunder. And some people thought it was an angel. Then Jesus answered and said, your voice came not because of me, but for your sake. People need to know the voice of God is speaking today. They need to know that God is still talking today. And unfortunately, there's a lot of mess out there because there's a lot of people that says, thus says the Lord, and it's not the Lord. It has to agree with the word of God. And, and we're not, you know, we're not living in a day where just the prophet speaks. Amen. You ought to be talking. You ought to be saying what God is saying to you. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, then let's look at this. Acts chapter 1. Jesus is raised from the dead. Now he's all God again. I mean, you know, he's the word made flesh. And then he was raised from the dead. He's still in his body, but he's back to being all God again. All knowing. And the former treaties I've made with the oath, the office of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Until the day which he was taken up and after uh, that through the Holy Ghost, he had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days. So for 40 days, face to face, he's talking to them from the position of God and speaking these things. Speaking these things pertaining to what? So when God's talking, he's going to talk to you about the kingdom of God. Verse 4. This would be helpful today for people. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he says, well, you have heard of me. What's that? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. For John truly baptizes water, but you baptize with the Holy Ghost. Are you glad you all baptized with the Holy Ghost? Amen. Verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they said, Lord, what about our government? Are you going to fix it? You're alive now. You can do anything. You're going to fix it? And he said, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons for what the Father put in his own power, but you. In other words, quit being so carnal and think about the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say it to you again. 
Quit being carnal and think about the Holy Ghost. Quit thinking about natural things and start thinking about spiritual things. And when the spiritual things come, it'll affect the natural things. But natural things won't, you can't just change natural things with natural things. You have to change natural things with supernatural things. And he said, if you'll quit worrying about your government, and I said, oh, pastor, 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 pastor. Yeah, yeah, I said it because Jesus said it. Amen. There are more important things for to be number one on your list. If you want to fix that, he said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. And, and you're going to become a witness. And everybody say, Jesus talks. God talked about Jesus, and now Jesus talks. Hallelujah. In the book of Acts, from generation to generation, from one period to the next, God talked. There was a time that he was silent, but that was for their benefit. But he doesn't stay silent forever. God always talked. He talked to Jesus. What did Jesus say? I only say what I've heard my father say. What is that? He talks. And Jesus talked to represent God, but God the Father specifically talked to Jesus. This is not my notes, but how about this? Who do men say that I am? What did Peter say? Well, some say you're, some say you're, but you're the Christ, the son of the living God. This is before Peter was born again. This is before Peter was born again. He said, you're the Christ. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed it. In other words, nobody from the flesh told you that. My father must have told you that. And pointing out that God doesn't just talk to perfect people. He talked to Adam and Eve, didn't he? Hallelujah. He talked to David, didn't he? He talked to Solomon, didn't he? He even talked to Eli so that he could talk to Samuel. Didn't he? He talked to Peter, didn't he? Now, Jesus, you know, he's perfect. But he talked to Peter. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, then throughout, uh, God talked to Philip the evangelist. Acts chapter 8, verses 26 and 29. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go to the south. to the way. So God sent an angel and talked to Philip. Then verse, uh, I just want you to see this. I'm trying to wind it down. Verse 29. Then the Spirit said to Philip. So an angel talked to him at first. Now listen, in the new covenant, um, uh, we're going to get to this before we go because I want you to understand. I'm not talking about you seeking voices. I'm not talking that everything God's going to do today is audible. Really with us, it's a little different. But I want you to see, first of all, Philip, an angel spoke to him. And, and your angels are not, you know, if you know somebody said, well, an angel said, an angel said, and that's saying every day, I doubt it very highly. Hallelujah, I don't think so. But the Spirit of God can say, go near and join yourself to that chariot. How many know the Lord told him what to do? Can you see that? And then um, uh, how, about, how about Saul, Acts chapter 9? Who was Saul this time? He was a religious sinner. Everybody say, he was a sinner. God talks to sinners? 
He sure can. He sure can. He's God. Oh, Lord, talk to some sinners. <laughs> Serious as I can be, it's time. He fell to the earth and heard a voice. I tell this story. Most of you have heard it before. So, Pastor Mark, I was uh, in my early 20s, graduated from Indiana State, got my first job as an accountant in Indianapolis. This time, I backslid from the time I was 16, went to college, heard, uh, began to believe there are many ways. Uh, one class, one class, one class warped me on all those religions. And I began to believe it. How could a good God send people to hell? There's not one way to God. There's many ways to God. I began to believe it. And yet, how many of you know I knew better? I knew better, right? But, but still, it was pulling on me. And so I got my accounting job. And when I was a little kid, uh, we had, in my hometown, we had a church league and uh, we had softball, and um, I was the city champion slow pitch dude. And um, I was good at it. My spinning ball could drop like nothing. I was good. And um, so I joined the softball team at my new workplace because I needed some new friends. Now, they did a little different softball than what I did when I was growing up. They had coolers. Full of stuff. And so I began to partake and began to pitch. And you've heard the story. Uh, I super, and if you ever played slow pitch, uh, it's not like women's fast pitch. This is slow pitch when you pitch it up high and it drops. And it's nearly impossible to walk people. But after I walked seven of them in a row, and my team that I'm trying to make friends with that are half mm, sauced, mm, they're all getting mad at me. And it was awful. I remember getting in my brand new Pontiac J2000 that I couldn't pay for. And I'll never forget the longest day I lived. I was distressed. I was sad. I was unfulfilled. I had a great job, brand new clothes, brand new car, lived in a great apartment on my way up, but I was miserable. And I just got this out of my mouth. I remember a sudden glance up to heaven and I said, God, I know you're real. And this is what I heard. Heaven and earth will pass away, but I am eternal life. And can I tell you, it scared the Waddens out of me. And the only thing I knew to do, I had one friend in high school, his name was Greg. He's currently a Pentecostal pastor in the state of Texas. I called him up and I said, Greg, God said this to me. What should I do? He said, well, if I were you, I'd pray. And you know, I didn't. <laughs> but it started me on a journey. Listen to me, God talks to sinners. He especially talks to backslidden folks. I'm not promising everybody that kind of encounter. But I, well, that's because you were called. No, I think that it was because I knew at one time, I had a very real relationship when I was a child and I had gotten away from him. And when I, I, I just made one step towards him and he supernaturally called to me. Now he's very rarely done that ever since. 
but he answers. And we need to believe God just like Saul. He said, and he fell to the earth and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why? Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? And then he knew it. He said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus. And it permeated his very being. Lord, talk to some people. Not just when they get in this room, but when they get around you. Make them hungry to hear from the Lord. Let him know that he's still real. Let him know that he still answers. Let him know they can talk to him. We've had people, I've said to them, they say, I don't believe him. I said, well, just talk to him anyway. Act like he is real. <laughs> you you got to believe that he is. But you see, if you get to talk to him, and we prayed for people, Lord, show yourself to them. I've had people that I said, Lord, give them a dream. They can't argue while they're asleep. Show them who you are. And he has. Hallelujah. God talked to a sinner. Well, Pastor Mark, it's because he was going to be Paul, and he was really important. Well, yeah, but you don't know. The point is, if he could talk to him, he can talk to anybody. But then what's interesting next is the next person he talked to. He talked to Ananias. What? Now, what does the Bible say about Ananias? He's just a certain disciple. Didn't say he was a certain prophet. Didn't say he was a certain apostle. I find, and I've told you this before, I find it so interesting that God used a regular dude to minister to someone who was going to pin most of the epistles that you and I rely on today. He just sent a regular dude. Come on, I can tell you stories of regular people who have changed my life. I have more regular people who have changed my life than ministers who have changed my life. Come on. There, there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias, and he said to the and, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, he said, Yeah, I'm here. Verse 11. And the Lord said to him, Arise, go to the street. I gave him very God talked to him, gave him very specific directions. Inquire uh, in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, because he's praying. Verse 12. Uh, and he has seen in a vision the name, a man named Ananias, very specific, coming in, putting his hands on him, that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, how do you know it's a two-way conversation? Uh, Lord, I heard about him. Are you sure about this? Because he's evil. And what did he say? Trust me, Ananias. He he's going to do all this. And the Lord said, go your way. Trust me. He's a chosen vessel. Hallelujah. What about you? What about you? Does God talk to you? John chapter 10, verses three through five. I am a sheep. I know his voice. The voice of a stranger I will not follow. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 and 16. One verse says you've got a witness on, your, on the inside of yourself. The other verse says that as a son of God, you're led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. He who knows the truth hears my voice. And to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, he says he has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says. My point is this. God has always talked. 
When the Lord gave me this to tell you, I, it, I, 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 want, I hope I'm getting it out to you because it seemed real important to him that there was, even though you understand it, that you would understand from generation to generation, God is always talking. What the Sepulchre Bangi Chakadnai is a Kachila Prophetele Prophesata as a Lobrota. In order for this to be the generation of the upright, they must hear my voice. And first, they must hear my word through you, each and every one of you. So lift up your voice. What I say say to you, say to them, and I will speak to some of them individually. But I'm waiting on you, this generation, to speak into the next generation, to tell them of my mighty works, to tell them who I am and what I've done. And I will use you, but I will speak directly to them. And I will raise up a people for me in these last days, and they will look to Namangande, the Boshele Brafai. And there's a look at in the name of Celebrante. And they will know me, and they will call on me, and I will save them, and I will use them in this hour, just like I've used you. But there is a time now approaching when you'll begin to see a transfer of anointing, when you see a transfer of things, and they need to know that I'm going to talk to them in this day and in this hour. God's still talking. If that's new to you, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, tongues and interpretation of tongues. It's not passed away. It's not passed away. It's real. It's very scriptural. You know, one of the things there just, I'm trying to wind up. I'm trying to get you out uh, on time. But, but listen to me. One of the things about the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking other tongues, now, if, you don't, if you're not baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking other tongues, you can never give a, a, a message in tongues and interpret it. But one of the things the Lord dealt with me about last night, he said to me, think about um, other tongues for a minute. Said, yeah, I like them. And he said, um, I'm a speaking spirit. Yeah. How many know God's a speaking spirit? How many know words have always been important to him? Light be. We all believe that side of it, right? And I've proven to you, God from generation to generation spoke to his people. His greatest desire was to come walk and talk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. To have fellowship with them, to talk, to conversate with them. To be a father to them. To hear about their day. To, to, to hear about the new animal that Adam named. <laughs> the things that they saw. And he said, I, I, I sense this in my heart, he said the, the reason that other tongues are so Another reason they're so important, they are the initial sign that you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, but the reason they're so important is you're a talking spirit. And what he had to do with humanity is give us that other tongue because, I mean, you know, 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says that when you pray in other tongues, you, speak, you don't speak to men, but you speak to God. Listen, it's a way God was saying, I want to talk to you. It's another way God says, I want to talk to you. But this way you're talking to him, you're talking the perfect will of God all the time. Now listen to me, when you talk to him, he answers. And if you want an answer in the spirit, one of the best ways to talk to him is in other tongues. Now thank God for our known tongue and talking to God. But, but he, he, it was really strong last night when he said to me, I am a speaking spirit and I've made you a speaking spirit. And when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, your spirit is alive unto God and it speaks the language of God. 
And that's why it's so important. And that's why the devil hates it. It's a reminder to humanity that God is real. Come on, God is real. It's unfortunate to me. And I'm trying not to get on a soapbox. And I'm not mad at the church. I'm not mad at anybody. But my goodness, it makes good sense now why the devil has tried to put the Holy Ghost in the back room. Well, people don't like that. They don't understand it. Well, God's a big God. He's supernatural. He's almighty. You're not supposed to understand everything. You're supposed to reverence him, honor him. He is not human. He is not a man. He is God. Tongues are for a sign to an unbeliever. God's real. God is real. God is real, and the real God talks to people. 